What You Need to Know is brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. Loud app, what do you got? All right, guys, if you guys don't have plans tomorrow, I'm going to tell you what to check out. So there is a Patches and Pins flea market in Santa Ana. And I'm not like a huge collector of pins, or I wasn't. I started getting into them um, once I started going to Disneyland more because there's so many like pin trading going on that I was like, ooh, these are cool. So they're having like a spooky it um, chapter two kind of theme situation. And I think it's super dope. So there's going to be patches, pins, art, vintage fashion, sneakers. And I, I looked at it because Jesse, who also works here, was like, yo, plug this in. It's cool. I'm going to be there. And I'm like, yo, I like how it's super fancy, like this pin and patch. But I'm like, it's on swap meet. Like, let's yeah. just be real, you know, like yeah. it's on swap meet. But I love them. There's going to be a bunch of um, cool things there. The admission is free. You do have to get tickets, though. So go to eventbrite.com. You can find them there. And it's from 12 to 9 p.m. So you have the whole day to go. Check it out. There's also food. I didn't see, like alcoholic drinks but you might have them i didn't see that on the flyer because i've gone to things like this and they have a michelada or two around right right patches and pins expo 301 west 4th street santa Ana, california 92701 Eventbrite. go there and get your tickets so. is that what i think it is i mean like patches does that mean like patches for like jackets and stuff like you, you mm-hmm. put something on that's decorative and then a pin like sometimes i see people rocking like a whole bunch of pins on a jacket or a backpack or something is that what we're talking about here yeah yes that's what she's talking about yeah, okay i just want to make sure i'm clear you know because yeah. <laughs> you don't know have, it's so funny i'm glad you did that on the air because you do that during our meeting all the time i think it's hilarious where you're like all right i just want to make sure i'm clear yeah i'm not clear <laughs> not clear at all but did, were you worried that there was some type of like code word pin yeah meant like, something like, else? right like what is this what are these patches that i don't know what they are these pin things that people right. are talking my about my kids mm-hmm. haven't told me that word right. I haven't used that phrase yet. right yeah. who are these people who are these weird That's pin funny. people yeah. you know by the way do you see how laura used the word dope and it sounded very natural <laughs> sounded okay sounded right hey. I think the, way, the way her parents say it is better i think no <laughs> <laughs> you know my you know what's funny cap so my dad was doing that a lot with us he would try to get the lingo and then one day his friends like in spanish he goes do you hear yourself and how ridiculous you sound trying to sound like your 20 something year old kid and he never did it again uh, which is why like for example one of my favorite phrases is dope af yeah and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, i love that, that phrase because because i can't not get made fun of when i, I say, say dope af th- i think yeah. that's exactly the one i was talking about when i yeah. said that you you, you just have a weird phrase you use that I was like, did he really just say that? And he, yeah. did. he did. By yeah. the way, does how does Rachel feel about you using this language? You know, that's a really good question. I think I actually maybe, maybe don't she's, say she's dope AF in front of her. Yeah, I don't think I do. I don't think I say it. <laughs> Although I do think I do think we both started to say fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I think we did. I think we oh both started to say fire. Oh, no, I'll tell you another one I like. You know what's another re- word I really, really like now? All right. Go, c- can I can I close out what you need to know real quick? before? Yeah, but I really want to tell you this word because I like this word a lot. Go ahead. Yes. Lit. Oh, it's lit. Oh, that sounds so awful coming out of your mouth. Oy I love vey. it. No. That is lit. Did you oh, just say oi vey? No, no, no. Oh. It, it sounds unlit. Funny. Yeah, when you say it. That is what you need to know. Brought to you by Morongo Casino Resort and Spa. Good times, less than 90 minutes from wherever you are. (laughs) (laughs) 
Like, for example, the Dodgers win last night. Mm-hmm. That was lit. Uh, it was. God, but it sounds so weird coming out of your mouth. I know. It does sound very immature from a 50-year-old grown-ass man. It doesn't just it? doesn't sound natural. It's not about immature. It just doesn't sound natural. It's forced. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, listen. Like, I told... like using the word shout-out. But I, wanna, I feel like I say it, it sounds natural. Like, I, but there are, I won't use lit. Like, no, not just doesn't fit me. No. Like, no. For, I'll give you an example, Cap. So, I, I'll give you a real world work example. Okay. So, when, um, when I used to host The Jump, the, there are a bunch of different producers, right? So, they all write um, for the prompter. And generally speaking, most of the producers know how to write to the individual talent because people work. I mean, clearly they knew how to write to Rachel because she did the show every day. Uh, they will do the same with Malika. They will figure out her voice on NBA Today. And then when I filled in, they knew how to write to my voice after years of filling in, right? But then when there would be a new person writing and they didn't, it would always be like, oh, my God, I would never say that. So I got to take this out. I got to <laughs> rewrite it. So I would always check the scripts because I didn't want to come on TV sounding like I was saying something that didn't sound like something I would say mm-hmm. or e- even age appropriate uh, in, in, my, in some of my cases, right? Um, so, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm just conscious of that. Like, I, I, I am a, a man of a certain age. There are certain things I can get away with because I'm still young enough to get away with it. Um, but I, I feel like you, you just got to let stuff go after a while. You just got to be like, hey, that one, not for me. Yeah, lit, lit is not for me. Dope is not for me. Uh, fire is not for me. Gas is not for me. All these new terms, all these words that we've used that had a meaning years ago, that the meaning has changed. These are words that once you, your hair is gray – and yeah. you stop and you stop coloring your hair. Mm-hmm. Once you've given up on the coloring, then you got to give up on the new See. cool lingo. Yeah, you still See. say them. Yeah, you're still saying them, though. I mean, my dad thinks that dope is drugs. Like, he'll be like, oh, you're smoking dope. <laughs> <laughs> right. 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 Yeah. Um, Your dad hey, probably still thinks gas is gas, but it's not yeah. gas Definitely anymore. Definitely does. Definitely yeah. does. Yeah. Um, so the Rams got gassed up after losing. See what I did there? Very natural sounding, by the way. Yeah, gassed up, though. Um, It's different than gas. Mm. So they lose this past week, or they lost, right? Um, Well, wait a second. You're talking about the the most recent game that the Rams played? No, no. Well, they lost. They, they, no, I'm not. Actually, the Cardinals. When did they play the Cardinals? They played the, see, this is the thing about the Rams schedule right now. Oh, right, because they they played Thursday. Right. right, Yes. Right. So they've been off for like a week and a half. Right. Right. You know? So they've won on Thursday, but the, the, the last game on a, on the weekend, yes, you're right. I did forget that they played on Thursday. But they, they lost to the Cardinals, and they won again. But this Giants game, right? Yeah. So when we look at their schedule, right, coming up, and you say to yourself, they played a very tough division. We know that. We've talked about that forever. Um, their schedule here is a little underwhelming, right? In the sense of it's not like they're playing a bunch of juggernauts. So they're going to play the Giants this weekend with Daniel Jones, it looks like. Uh, then the Lions, the Jared Goff game here at SoFi. And then they go on the road to the Texans. So those three games, not necessarily games that they should lose in theory. But I, I feel like if you're one of these teams like the Rams, because you have three of those in a row, there's going to be a letdown somewhere. It just feels like that's a natural thing that happens in the NBA, in the NFL. Um, you can't 
you can't let that happen in a division that's going to be this tightly contested, in my opinion. Well, I, I agree. Listen, if you tell me that the Rams lose any of these next three games at the Giants this weekend, you mentioned it, you know, they've got the Lions then the following week at home and then at the Texans. If they lose any of these three games, it will come back to haunt them at the end of the year. These are the three games where you've got to easily bank victories. Rams are 4-1. and one. They're on the road this week against the Giants, who are 1-4. Rams average over 28 points per game. Giants only average about 20 points per game. Point being that the Rams, I don't care how long of a road trip it is, I do acknowledge that it is very difficult for a West Coast team to go East Coast and play in the 10 a.m. window, which is 1 o'clock on the East Coast. It's hard. It is hard. But the Rams are a significantly better roster than the Giants, the Lions, and the Texans. And George... There cannot be a letdown in any of these next three games because then the schedule will get real. These three games, this is like a midseason preseason for the Rams, and that they got to win all three of these games. Cannot yeah, have you, a letdown. You, you can't have the trap game scenario come here. Like, you can't just – you got to go out there and just take care of business. I'm with you on that. Um, so it is going to be fascinating to see how that works. Now, with the Braves – now, great, it's the NLCS. There shouldn't be a trap game in the NLCS, or you shouldn't be overconfident in the NLCS. But with the Rams, excuse me, the Dodgers, pardon me, um, you know, they are facing a team that they were down to three to one last season Mm -hmm. or yes, last season. Right. And came back and won. And they're missing a couple of their best players on this roster due to injury. Mm -hmm. And when I look at the Dodgers, the thing that to me sticks out the most in their success was despite all the injuries that they faced, that it's all still come together. Their pitching has come together. Their timely hitting has come back. Cody Bellinger has stepped up while Max Muncy goes down, et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, the Braves have kind of had some of that coalescing too. So for as easy as this series should be on paper, because the Dodgers are filled with stars and the Braves are missing a chunk of their stars and star power outside of Freddie Friedman and maybe Max Fried. This thing for me is going to be somewhat competitive, um, and, and I feel like you can't take this series lightly if you're the Dodgers, and I don't think they will, but certainly if you're a fan. If this thing is competitive, I think fans need to understand that these, this team is in the NLCS for a reason. Not to mention they were right there last year, as you've already brought up. They had a three games to one lead over the Dodgers last year, and the Dodgers faced elimination, and they, they found a way to, to get past the Braves. Look, it's true. The Braves have one of their best players, their right fielder, their top home run hitter. This guy's out, okay, and he's not going to play. And the Dodgers, you know, listen, they, they can't take any situation lightly because they know that they've also got their own set of injury issues. I mean, how much different might, I'm just saying might, the National League Division Series might it have been if Max Muncy were available? How different might things have been if Clayton Kershaw were available so the Dodgers are dealing with injuries of their own to major stars one in the pitching staff look we can argue all day long about the kind of year that Kershaw had and the injuries that he had along the way but if he would have been available uh who knows what they might have done last night uh or who knows what they you know in terms of Walker Bueller coming and pitching off just a couple days rest if Kershaw were available things could have been very different so and the offense could have been different if Muncie were available so There's no way that the Dodgers can even think to themselves, hey, we got them last year. We had a significantly better regular season than these guys did. 
we got this. No, you got to respect these guys every single night. So the Dodgers uh, NLCS times are out right now. So game one tomorrow, 5.08 uh, local time. Sunday, 4.38. So basically once the Rams game is over, you can just kind of flip on, um, or all the football games are over, you can flip that on. Um, Tuesday's a day game, NLCS. You don't get you don't get very many of those. Really? What time? 2.08 p.m. Two pitch. o'clock in the afternoon, Tuesday of next week? Yeah. Now, that I is... kind of like that. I got to be honest with you. Well, let's see. Two o'clock in L.A., obviously five o'clock on the East Coast. I'm just trying to put it together, like, in my head, like, why would they be doing this for television? Now, Well, because a... I bet you the Red Sox series, uh, the Red Sox have some day games, too. Um, so, I, But I like that because when I was a kid growing up, these playoff games would be played during the day a lot of times. And I always thought, particularly, I actually think that those week now I thought that's better suited for the weekend than during the week but but I don't mind it I, I gotta be honest with you like I think it's kind of cool like as a backdrop to see it during the day just trying to think about the game so if, if we decide to air it that means that uh Mason and Ireland aren't going to get much air time on a Tuesday and we may end oh. up being like a post game uh yeah. you know depending on how long it goes are we now, saying Tuesday in the postseason takes we, like forever so I'm just making sure I'm clear are we saying Tuesday or are we saying Wednesday of next week um uh, are you saying is a day game it's Tuesday. It is Tuesday? <laughs> yeah, I just said Tuesday. No, no, I know are you, you did. But no, no, I'm not joking. Oh, my Gosh, God. Gosh, you guys are so freaking uptight about everything. Just I know, chill but out it's for not a quick uptight. second. We're actually no, laughing, dude, so we're but not But let me ask you a question. Let me ask, let me ask you a question. When do the when do the Lakers tip off the season? They play Wednesday. Okay, which is, so and I... They play, no, you're wrong. They, they play Tuesday. The Lakers' it, home opener is Tuesday. Oh, night, the night on TNT. Yes, you're right. It is okay. Tuesday on TNT. Yes. So, so are so the we, Dodgers Tuesday or are they the Wednesday? Dodgers are also Tuesday. Dodgers are also Tuesday. Okay. So the Dodgers are going to play a day game, and then there will be a game at Staples. So literally, if you uh, unless you're going to the games, avoid downtown all day. Yeah. I mean, that's what I was trying to get at. I was trying to make sure I was on the right, the same page here. Yeah. If, if who was playing what day, because I was like, wait a second, the Lakers tip off the season on Tuesday, are the Dodgers also on Tuesday? So that, yeah, but that's, that's where probably why they did that. That's pro- That makes sense now. That's probably why they made because you'd assume that they'd make the East Coast game the day game, but they probably did that because they didn't want the Dodgers to conflict with the Lakers, right? See that? See how we all work this out together? See how nice that is when you all work yeah, as a team? Theoretically, it will start at 2, and then it'll end sometime around, like, I don't know. 30 yeah, yeah, and then and then the Lakers game. So we probably won't have a show if we're airing the baseball game. Oh, that's right. At, yeah, because we could hear the baseball game and it'll go right yeah. into Lakers. Lakers yeah, starts pre-game. at seven. Okay, Is so that then, game at seven? Yep, because it's. Oh uh, yeah, so there you go. Boom, yep. we're we're off on Tuesday. So then the game uh, game will be on Tuesday, and then the next game will be. And that's here. really what we're working out here on yes, the air. I know. Yeah, that's, right. It's all happening. That's kind this of is, funny. This is show business happening live on the air right well, now. Well, we're also giving you information. Right. Believe me when I tell you that people are driving around right now going, oh, no, guys, this is great. You're actually helping me out, too, because now I realize the Dodgers play early, the Lakers play later. Now, the next game, game four, is, is that Wednesday? Wednesday, 5 o'clock, yeah. Ah, okay, very interesting. Interesting. Schedule. And that game will probably be on here, and we probably won't have a show then either, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. Yeah. But you'll have the Dodgers. And then Thursday, if it's necessary, which probably will be necessary, um, will also be 5 o'clock. So you'll also have a game. Uh, so we may not work very much next week, other than Monday. Hmm. Wow. Okay. See? Because Friday is also then the Lakers' uh, second game against the Suns. Yep, and that's also so we'll have like a short game. show. Yep, yeah. so that's a short show. Wow. 
Oh man, listen, we may we may need to do like some off air like podcasting of some kind. I was say, I mean, you can if yeah. you'd like. Yeah. I mean, yeah. people Second are going to need their experience. fill. Experience, yeah. yeah. Seriously, you people can, are going to need you, their Sedano and Cap fill, and then they're going to be like, I'm, "Yo, what's up with these guys?" And yeah, it's like, no, I'm I'm just going to chill out. Games everywhere, you know. Yeah. I can just tweet it. I'll tweet through it. <laughs> yeah. How about that? Uh, all right, let's take a break here. <laughs> right. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. He would have a field day with you. I don't think there's any question about that. Yeah, me and Larry David together in real life could be real trouble, you know? I think he you're would, the kind of person that there could be a whole episode about you. Oh, no question. And him making fun of you. Yes. Oh, no I don't question. know about that. Wouldn't it be the opposite? I mean, because everywhere he goes, everything turns into, like, conflict. You know? Everything he gets into is, like, almost a big brawl. You know? He's insulting somebody. He didn't think it was an insult, but he did. Do you guys have a favorite Curb Your Enthusiasm episode? Did you guys love the show? I loved that show. I mean, there's a lot of them, dude. Um, there's one that I can't describe on the air. How about that? Okay. My favorite episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, anybody who looks these up, there's one called Crazy Eyes Killer, and it's where he's a rapper, and he's asking Larry, he goes, yo, Larry, you're a writer, right? And he goes, yeah. He goes, well, here, check out these lyrics that I just wrote. And then he's asking Larry to you know, kind of give him some feedback on his, on his rap lyrics. And, and so Larry is kind of literally analyzing the same kind of way I would um, all the different lyrics and all the different curse words and all the things that were said. Do you have to say this twice? Because aren't you disrespecting somebody by already saying this? And then Larry makes the mistake of going over to his manager, Jeff's new house, and they ask him if he wants to take a tour of the house. And he tells him, no, what do I need to take a tour of the house? There's bedrooms, there's bathrooms, there's a kitchen. Big deal. But when he goes over to Crazy Eyes Kill His House and he asks him if he wants to take a tour, he remembers the trouble he got into. So, yeah, he took the tour. I love that episode. Anybody who knows what I'm talking about, Crazy Eyes Killer, my favorite Curb Your Enthusiasm episode. So I uh, have I told you about when I ran into Larry David at, uh, at the Billy Joel concert at the Forum or no? I don't think so. So long story short, I've watched the show, um, and my wife knows I like the show. So we're at the, uh, at the Forum, and we're hanging out at the Forum Club. Um, was it post? It, I think it was after the concert. So we're at the Forum Club, and uh, or maybe it was before the concert. I don't know. Whatever. It was before or after. We're there somewhere. And what's happening is I am at the salad bar line, okay? This is pre-COVID, right? There's a salad bar line. <laughs> and um, also my wife, you know, I look at her, and she's, like, pointing behind me. And I'm like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, I'm looking around. Like, what are, you, what, are you, what are you trying to do? And she walks up to me, and she whispers. She goes, it's Larry David behind you. She's like, you should tell him how much you love the show. And I said, absolutely not. She said, what do you mean? She's like, I will then become the guy in the salad bar line in, like, one of the shows. Like, that is absolutely not going to happen. <laughs> so I never said hello to him. Oh, that's great. Yeah. And he I was literally it. inches away from me. I loved it when uh, J.B. Smoove, the comedian, became a, a fixture on that show. And uh, that, that became one of my favorite characters. This was after the big hurricane in New Orleans. I'm trying to remember the name of the hurricane. And was it Katrina? Does Katrina. that sound right? And uh, and so he had these, you know, New Orleans refugee types that moved from New Orleans to L.A. and they moved in with Larry, and that that changed the trajectory of the show because I love yeah. Leon. 
Yeah, it was great, for sure. So let me ask you this question. We were just talking about the Dodgers, and you you had a a bit of an epiphany. Now, um, you had you had we, we talked about this during the meeting, so I want to just kind of let people behind the curtain. And you had said that you now understood why people like myself and LZ, when we were all doing the show together, would you know fawn over Andrew Friedman being the smartest guy in the sport, the president of the Dodgers. And now I feel like you said you get it now, right? Well, here's the thing. Last night I'm watching the game, right? And we get to the bottom of the ninth inning, and you see Scherzer on the hill. And what occurred to me was, isn't it fascinating that Max Scherzer is the guy that says to Dave Roberts, look, I know I'm on short rest. I know I'm not a relief pitcher. I'm certainly not a close, but I want the ball. I'll give you everything I got. And if Max Scherzer says that to you, you give him the ball. I mean, that's just the way it goes. And to me, when I started to think about it last night, I'm watching this, I'm going, wow, look what the Dodgers were able to do. At the trade deadline, George, remember, the day of the trade deadline, most people, it was already reported, where were Scherzer going? Do you recall? Uh, San Diego. Right. The reports were he was going to San Diego. And at that time, Padre fans were like, oh, this is going to shift power in the National League West. We get Scherzer. And we're going to win the division. Well, lo and behold, later that afternoon, Scherzer becomes a Dodger. And as if that wasn't enough, not only did Andrew Friedman pull off the move to get Scherzer, but he also got Trey Turner. So we all know the story, but last night you get to the bottom of the ninth and Scherzer's the guy on the hill. It's not Clayton Kershaw. It's not Julio Urias. He had already given you four innings. It's not Walker Bueller. He had just pitched the day before, whatever the game before. Uh, there was no Clayton Kershaw available. There was no Dustin May available. There was no, okay, ready? Everybody get ready. I'm going to say the name. There was no Trevor Bauer available. So what Andrew Friedman did is he went out and he said, I'm getting the best guy. And at the end of the of this particular series, the most incredible, exciting, just perfectly matched two teams, at the end of it all, it was Max Scherzer saying, give me the ball. The guy they got at the trade deadline, he's the guy that the Dodgers counted on. And I thought to myself, that is the brilliance of Friedman. So, yes, sort of a baseball epiphany of sorts while watching this last night. Well, that's cool. I'm glad you finally got there. You know, you, you see the brilliance of it. But isn't it amazing? Like, when you really think about it, like Scherzer's the guy you got at the trade deadline, and he becomes the leader of your club. You've got guys who are leaders. You know, Kershaw's hurt, so, you know, he can cheerlead, but he can't lead per se. You know, Muncy's hurt, can still be a leader in the clubhouse, but he can't contribute. Corey Seager was the MVP of the World Series last year. Cody Bellinger has been an MVP. Albert Pujols is on this team. But the guy who's been on the team the shortest period of time, he's your go-to guy. That, to me, last night, in that situation, I found that to be fascinating. Yeah, I mean, he is fascinating. I mean, it's uh, it, it, look, this is he makes those moves. And by the way, you know, we talked about it at the time. He made those moves not just with, um, with to get Max Scherzer, he got Trey Turner to set you up for Corey Seager if he walks, which might happen, right? Like it just—it's the brilliance of him. It's it not just happen. the move; it's the chess move he makes with that move. It might happen, but can I just say something? And and I want to say this so that any Dodgers execs. Or if Magic Johnson is tuning in this afternoon and Magic wants to pass this on to Andrew Friedman, I'll text it to Dave Roberts, but I'll do it later. Seriously, 
the Dodgers should be thinking to themselves, we got to keep Corey Seager. I know we talk about money and how much it's going to cost and how much he might be able to get on the open market. And yes, the brilliance was getting Trey Turner, who could easily move over to short. But keeping Corey Seager and keeping this group together, and by the way, for me, that includes Max Scherzer. I don't care what you got to do. One year, two year, find a way to keep Max Scherzer on this team. I'd sign Scherzer. I'd sign, uh, I'd sign Corey Seager. I would not let these guys get away. I'd keep it together as best I could, and they got the money to do it. Yeah, well, they have the money. I don't think there's any question about that. It's just a matter of can they figure it out. Um, but nonetheless, I'm glad you're finally on the Andrew Friedman bandwagon, so there you go. Uh, hey, real quick, we got Radio Tinder coming up, the most popular segment on this station. Lindsay brought it over. It's going to be on in a moment, so stick around for that. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. All right, Linz, what do you got? All right, well, what I've got is, despite all of the success Ohio State has had on the football field, they've surprisingly gone more than a decade without returning a kickoff or a touchdown. Fun fact. Uh, but if it were up to head coach Ryan Day, that streak would continue forever. Hmm. During his weekly radio show, the Ryan Day Show, uh, Coach weighed in on what he wants to see happen to kickoffs. I would vote for you know doing away with kickoff and kickoff return. You know, I've, I've said that. I, I think that you know for the safety of the players, I, I think that we should put the ball in the 25-yard line and start every drive right from there. You know, whether that happens or not, I don't know. But uh, but yeah, that's my thought. Uh, do you guys agree with Ryan Day's stance on kickoffs in college? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? Um, this one's a tough one for me. I'm going to swipe right because I do agree that um, kickoffs are kind of unnecessary because a lot of kickers now are so good, they kick it out of the end zone pretty regularly. <laughs> um, now, there are the occasions that uh, a guy fields it and it's exciting, but I feel like those things are so small. Uh, like the amount of returns are so small now because most guys are kicking out of the end zone. doesn't really make a difference. So I'm going to swipe right. Gosh, this one really kills me, but I also have to swipe right. I mean, I can't believe I'm going to do it. You know, I think that the kickoff itself, uh, I'm not sure it's the reason that, you know, there's been so many concussions. I know that the NFL has said that the reason that they've done certain things is to try and make sure that the, you know, the, the, the kickoff return is safer. Even really, you know, screaming down the field on kickoff coverage can be a very dangerous thing to do. But it seems like, George, number one, you're right. There are more touchbacks than ever before because the kickers are so much better. Athletes are so much stronger. Um, so why go through with the formality? Like, why waste our time? We could probably take about 10 minutes off a game if we stop kicking off after every score. Just put the ball at the 25-yard line and let's play. Now, 
I suppose there's people out there going, yeah, well, what happens when a guy goes to kick off and he kicks it out of bounds and the ball goes to the 40-yard line? You know, you're taking that possibility out of the game. True. What happens when you want an onside kick? I mean, is there no such thing as an onside kick anymore because after a score you don't kick? I don't know. I, mean, it's, I tend to agree that it takes a long time, but I'm torn on this one. All right, what's next, Linz? All right, a recent story in the Wall Street Journal claims that many people say work has invaded their sleep during the pandemic as boundaries have been obliterated and burnout is on the rise. Work-related dreams and sometimes nightmares are at an all-time high, and experts say that they're indicative of our anxiety about everything from job loss to strange work-from-home incidents to returning to the workplace. The expert also notes that our dreams are about our deepest insecurities and fears and the ways in which we think we're falling short in our careers. Do you guys ever experience any weird work-related dreams or nightmares? Swipe left or swipe right. Cap. I will swipe right and say there's no question I experience a lot of what you just talked about. George, I don't know how it is for you, um, but... Because, you, you know, you leave, you go to the TV studio, you do Around the Horn and, and, you know, the Jump and other TV stuff. I am literally in my house all day long. You know, I record my podcast early in the day. We have this broadcast later in the day. I have another company that I, I work from home, exact same place that I'm sitting right now. I work from home on my company. I'm literally in my house and pretty much at my desk from about 7 a.m. till 7 p.m., every day and i feel like work has become habitual to me you know i just feel like that's my day i'm just resigned to it nope i can't hey you want to go play golf no i can't go play golf hey you want to you want to meet for lunch no i wish i could but i can't i'm i'm work is a habit now and i'm just i'm just i'm addicted to it so yes i experience a lot of that a lot of dreams about your nightmares about work Let's say it's not so much nightmares about work. It's more just like anxiety about like things that are going on, you know? And um, I mean, just to give you an example, I mean, since you're asking me, I mean, like, you know, I was fundraising for my company. You know how hard it is to raise money for a company and you know how much yeah. it sucks to ask people for money, yeah. especially angel investors. It's And by the way, you get a lot more no's than yeses. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can imagine, you know, waking up and going, oh, my God, we're running out of money. You know, it's just it's tough. I mean, yeah, again, it's yeah. all day. Yeah. Same place. No, I get it. I get it. Uh, I will swipe this? left, though. I don't really have that many dreams about work, to be honest with you. Um, I do. When I have melatonin, which I don't have all the time, every once in a while, if I really haven't gotten good sleep, I'll take a melatonin, a gummy. And uh, then I'll have some crazy dreams. Melatonin give you some crazy-ass <laughs> dreams. <laughs> but, yeah. <laughs> um, but, no, not really a lot of work dreams. Nothing that I can think of, at least. I you used know? to have this recurring dream back when I – I haven't – like ran the board in a long time, but you know, it's, it can be stressful running the board for a live radio show. Yeah. And I still, to this day have nightmares where like I, there's dead air and I don't know what to do because I, <laughs> I haven't run the board or I'm in the bathroom and we come back from a commercial break too early. And like, that's, that's like a super weird dream, but I still have it all the time. Super Wait, weird. Wait, I want to ask Laura, Laura, you can jump in on this. Do you yes, have please. any of this? She's uh editing oh. right now, but. Oh, okay. And I can't even Maybe her, her nightmare is that somebody's going to ask her something on the Probably. air and she's not paying attention. And now right. you're living it out in person right now. Right. Great right. job, Cap. Great nightmare. job for bringing it Well, I can't up. see her. You know, that's that's the thing about working from home. Exactly. Just one of those stressors. Yeah. All right. Well, speaking of work, a change to the Hooters uniform at some locations has prompted a handful of the restaurant chain servers to share their concerns on TikTok. And it's going viral. 
In the videos, which have racked up millions of views since popping up on the platform last week, Hooters servers hold up the new black shorts while sharing their thoughts. Some even describe the new shorts as more like underwear, which, after watching these videos, like, I totally agree. They're like, they go from, you know, like, booty shorts to, like, bikini bottoms. Uh, the videos have reignited criticisms of Hooters for fostering an outdated concept centered around sexualizing servers' bodies. So, I used to be a Hooters girl, and I think that if you don't like the uniform, don't work there. But, I'll ask you guys, is the Hooters uniform problematic in 2021? Swipe left or swipe right? Cap? I'm going to swipe left and say that it's not problematic, and maybe that's not the most popular thing to say because the way you just phrased it was, it's an outdated concept in 2021. I can't remember the last time I went to a Hooters. I really can't. But again, um, they have built a brand on the girls who work here wear tight tops and short shorts and the food's okay but it's not really why most guys go i like go. The food i think it's delicious no it's it's good it's fine i mean the burger there's pretty good i think their wings are pretty good popcorn shrimp yeah that's pretty good too i mean but again whoever really was like yo let's go to hooters because the food when i was younger i totally would do that like i would go play basketball with like my buddies and during on a weekend or something and be like, yo, let's just go to Hooters, have a beer and, you know, whatever and some wings or whatever. But, right, but like when was the last time I went to Hooters? I'll give you a, uh, I can give you a decent timeline. It was definitely before the pandemic. I was in Miami visiting uh, my family. So this is at least three years ago. Um, and one of my buddies was like his kid had a, a baseball game. Um, and we went after his kid's baseball game to go to Hooters. That was it. That was the last time. So easily three years, but I haven't gone a lot. But when I was younger, for sure, I would go to have beer and wings. I don't yeah, know. beer, wings, and, and they had hot chick waitresses, and that's that's what the whole concept was. There was another place called Tilted Kilt. Anybody ever hear of that yeah, place? Yeah, they, they have one of those in Cleveland, and it's I feel like it's pretty popular because, you know, the Hooners, there. it's not there anymore. But I, I feel like there's like a place, you know, people, there. there is a portion of the population that enjoys going to those restaurants because, like, if they want to look at girls or whatever, to me, I don't think it's that much different than, like, a guy who chooses to, you know, spend his time going to, like, a strip club because they want to see that. Just because they're serving food at Hooters, like, the whole point of it is, like you said, the whole idea of it is that it's, like, cute girls, you know, running around in not a ton of clothes. So if you don't like that, then go to a more wholesome restaurant you know i think it's kind of weird that people are like bashing it it's like don't go there then if you don't like it yeah I, well i listen i might that's my opinion about a lot of things now look granted certain things are um there are degrees to all of this right like life there are degrees you know um so there are certain things that shouldn't be on public airwaves right or let's use what we do as a for a living as an example right because i get it you know on radio you know for example, you there there's language you can't use, right? And I get it because there could be kids in the car, or whatever. You don't want to do that. I, I I don't know. Like I I get that kids, uh, for example, need to. You know, I, I'm a believer that hey, you know, eventually you got to grow up, but they should also be kids. Like we shouldn't like, you know, make them adults as qu quicker than we have to, right? So like the language stuff, I get like on radio. But to your point, if there is specific kinds of content that you don't like, like I don't listen to certain radio hosts not because i don't want to hear um a dissenting opinion but just because 
they're not my cup of tea, and that's totally fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right, and who but I don't sit there. Cup of tea. I mean, my but, goodness. But, but I don't sit there and go online and be like, yo, such and such stinks because I don't like them and I don't listen to and like waste my time talking about them. There are plenty of trolls on in media and particularly that have created a, a niche based off social media that I don't ever even address online. Why? I don't want to waste my time on those A bleep holes. I almost said something else. Um, <laughs> a bleep holes. Yeah, like it just because that's what it is. So I'm with you on the Hooters thing. It kind of falls into that line. Yeah, here's what I'd say. Hey, hey, listen. If you think that the uh, outfit is offensive, don't get a job there. And if you think the outfit is offensive, don't go eat there. Everybody right. else who who still likes to go there, do your thing. Right. It's why fine. is everybody always telling everybody else what to do? It's fine. It's fine. Now there again, there are degrees to this stuff, but that's not one of the degrees. Like seriously. Uh, all right, one more, Linz. All right, Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes has been praised as the best quarterback in the league for the past couple years, but after Casey's rough start to the season, some believe that Mahomes has been surpassed. Yesterday on First Take, former All-Pro linebacker Bart Scott was asked if Mahomes is still the best in the NFL, and the analyst came prepared with a response. You know, Mahomes comes in, he, he inherited a tremendous team that was in their window, and he has tremendous talent around him. And, and he got the best, you know, offense coordinator, best head coach. But I think for my money right now, the best show and the best quarterback in the league is Lamar Jackson. Do you guys agree with Bart Scott? Swipe left or swipe right, Sedano? You know, it's funny. We had this discussion, and we were going to have it a little further later about the Chargers and the Ravens. We're talking about Lamar versus Herbert. And, like, which one would you take short-term and long-term? Spoiler alert. Um, we'll get into that later um, on this show. But – uh, I actually think Lamar is absolutely in the conversation. He was a 22-year-old MVP. Every year he's gotten better at throwing the ball, passing the ball. Um, he was very raw when it came to that. But he has developed in a big way. He's, he's passing the ball to 67% clip right now. Um, and we know what an amazing athlete he is. I still think he's going to get better as a passer. Um, I, I think it's close. And, and if anything, the tiebreaker to me is that Lamar is the better athlete. So as crazy as that sounds, I'm kind of with Bart Scott. Yeah, I'm not, uh, I'm not arguing with Bart Scott at all. As a matter of fact, can't wait. But that being said, like, listen, right now, the way Patrick Mahomes has played so far this year and where the Kansas City Chiefs are versus the way Lamar Jackson has played and the, the, where the Baltimore Ravens are. And look, listen, the Ravens just barely got by the Colts. It took a miraculous comeback to beat the Colts. So, you know, you can pick apart some of their wins, but Lamar Jackson is doing in the NFL what he did when he was playing at Louisville. And that's why he won a Heisman Trophy. He's dominating through the air and on the ground. He's become, in my opinion, the most electric player in the league. So it was fashionable that Mahomes was considered the best quarterback. But at least where we are through the first five weeks of the season, I think people are jumping off that bandwagon for now. All right, that is uh, Radio Tinder each and every day at 530. All right, coming up next, let's get into that Chargers uh, discussion. Like, who would you rather have Sunday? And who would you rather have long-term, Lamar or Herbert? Because I think that's an interesting conversation. I, I was on an island today when we did this discussion on Around the Horn. So we'll get to that. Plus an anniversary of, the, of, of an American icon is what I'll say. All right, we'll get to that coming up as well. Stick around, 710 ESPN. Whoa, whoa, whoa. shake it up. It's like bad medicine. Come on, Kaplan, do the <laughs> thing you want to do. Yeah, I know a few of these words. God, I love Bon Jovi, man. I know it sounds a little cheesy, a little hair bandy, kind of 80s-ish. I mean, it is. But I love Bon Jovi. But I think, like, you play this at a bar, 
in the like peak hours, people are singing to Bon Jovi. Totally. Right, Definitely. Laura, you go like you go out to like you know a bar and like uh, you know like a anywhere karaoke in town. bar. What's that? Karaoke. Like a karaoke bar, even just a random bar. Like they're just playing like music off like a jukebox or something. And That's somebody true. puts this on. People are jamming to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anything Bon Jovi or like Journey. Yeah, it's a hit. It it's is. A hit. People love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But but I just want to say one thing. You know, listen, I'm a Journey Steve Perry guy. And while I acknowledge that Journey has kept alive the band, without Steve Perry, no matter who it is that's singing, it's just, it's just not the same. It's just not the same. But you, I, I, I bet you I could play a song by the guy who isn't Steve Perry, and I didn't, wouldn't tell you, and you would be, wouldn't be able to tell the difference. You know, I think I could distinguish between Steve Perry okay, and Laura, do the that. other guys. Find it. Find, find like a bunch of Journey songs, one with Steve Perry, one without Steve Perry, and see if Kaplan can tell who's who. Is uh, Journey the band that sings that just a small town girl? Yeah, yeah don't song? stop right. believing. Don't okay, stop okay believing. that's yeah. what it's called. Okay. I yeah. I asked when I went to um that Dave Chappelle thing on Thursday, he had all his buddies come out on stage and like do so he had, you know, DJ Jazzy Jeff was there and Snoop Dogg was there rapping. And then at the way, way end of it, um John Hamm came out and sang that song. Like the whole song. It was pretty funny. John Hamm? Yes, the actor. Oh. Do you not know who he is? I know who Kevin Bacon is. Okay, but you don't know I mean, who John. You don't know who John Hamm is. Really, still the pork family. There's I mean, a whole pork. There's a no, whole no, wait, 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 wait. No, are you serious? John Hamm. You don't know who John Hamm is? No, nah, you guys tell me what he's in, and I'll tell you if I know who he is. There's a whole Curb episode about two Curb episodes about. Yeah, him. there's he's in Curb Enthusiasm, but mm-hmm. he was the the Mad Men guy. Oh, you see, I never saw Mad Men. He's in a lot of other stuff too. Right, though. but I'm just saying, like you, you. I mean, even if you didn't see it, like you don't know who like he is. Like I didn't watch the show. I watched one episode, but I know I, who yeah, he is. Yeah, same. I've never seen um, it. I'm looking at his picture right now. Yeah, he looks somewhat familiar to me. And he sang "Don't Stop Believing." Yeah, he's he's a famous uh, actor. Is he a good singer? Mm, he's he's not bad, but it was more of like a funny karaoke thing than an actual oh. "I'm trying to carry a tune" type of oh. thing. Because let me tell you something. I mean, if you, anybody trying to sing anything that Steve Perry once sang for Journey, it is difficult to try and keep up with Steve Perry because he can turn one word into like a 30-second, you know, extension of a word. You know, I mean, the guy I can take... I can't believe you don't know who John Hamm is. Yeah, but wait a second. You didn't know who Journey was. I do know who Journey you, no, is. I was just trying to put the she two together. She didn't know together. the song, yeah. the name of the song, like, but Journey, she knew Journey was. That sings that song. Yeah, oh, just making sure because, you know, there's a lot of bands in that era that are similar. Is Journey... Well, she's also way younger. Like, she shouldn't know, uh, you know, Journey, to be honest with you. I'm way older. I shouldn't know who John Hamm is. Oh, John Hamm is, like, your age. Yeah. Mm. And he's a pretty famous actor. I feel like I can't think of a thing besides his, wow. him and Curb and Mad Men, like, what he was in, but I know he was in Million Dollar Arm. There you go. What was he in Curb Your Enthusiasm? I don't know. There's I feel like I know episode a couple of about him Curb, as yeah. himself, too. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he was John Hamm. Okay, got it. Yeah. He was He's like in shadowing. Bridesmaids? Yeah. Did you he watch Bridesmaids? No. You didn't no. watch Bridesmaids either, No, huh? no. It's a good movie. Okay, I'll He was it in, um, I'm trying to think what else he was in. He was in... Baby Driver? Seen that? Nope. No, he's definitely not seen that. Um, I'm trying to think what else he could have been in that you might have seen. I can't believe you guys didn't like the fact that when you brought up John Hamm and I didn't know who he was and I re- immediately brought up that I know who Kevin Bacon is, like I thought that was a really good way 
of no, I get what you were doing port. there. I don't yeah. think there's any question. He's been in a bunch of TV shows too, beyond Mad Men. No, I get what you were doing there. Like I get Kevin Bacon, him, pork, yes, all. the pork family. We got right. it. Like it was, you know, it, was just, it wasn't that funny. Is the whole point? <laughs> it, was, it was just a bad joke. That's all. Sorry. Right. Yeah. There's nothing we can do about that one. You know what I mean? Mm. Like it is what it is. My God. Uh, you yeah, think he's, John he's Hamm is Brad Pitt? He hosted the ESPYS in 2013. I didn't even know that. You didn't know that he hosted the ESPYS in 2013, really? I wasn't there, I mean, so I, 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 you know, I wasn't at that one. So Even I'm sorry. I knew that. You know mm-hmm. what he was in that was really good? Uh, Bad Times at the El Royale. That was a great movie. I watched George? it on a plane at one point. I haven't seen that one. No. It's really? it's like a weird random thing I saw. It was I was on a plane and I was like, oh, this looks like it's all right. He's gonna be in the good. new Top Gun movie. Yep. Oh really? Was he Maverick? No, bro. That's going to be Tom Cruise. Oh, I didn't know if maybe they were changing it out. You know, maybe Tom Cruise is playing Tom Cruise's dad in this generation. No, he's movie. playing Maverick. Of really? course, but he's, he's old. Play I mean, come on, he can't be. He can't be flying but jets at his age, can he? He's like the instructor. Haven't you seen the 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 thing, the the preview, the uh, trailer? A little bit, maybe. It's but... not a remake. It's like the movie all these years later. Later, yeah, yeah. Ay, ay, ay. Top Dios Gun, me. Maverick. I'm going to give you your dream. Top Gun. You're going to Miramar. Top Gun. Hey, real quick, Top Gun, uh, Lamar Herbert, who you got? Are we talking today, this Sunday? We Start today. Long-term? Start today. Start this weekend. Who would you rather have? Okay, this weekend, the Ravens are hosting the Chargers. It's in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Give me the home quarterback. I'll take Lamar Jackson this Sunday. Okay, what about long term? This is one of those 51-49 moments, okay. you know? Okay. And I think I'd still take Lamar Jackson. Yeah, uh, I would as, as, as great as Justin Herbert is, and I acknowledge that he's a young guy who's a really good player, okay? But right now, based on experience, based on playoff failures, some little playoff success, just so far right now, you give me the choice between Lamar Jackson and Justin Herbert, I'll take Lamar Jackson. How about you? Here's the way. I, I would take Lamar as well. I think Lamar still has the higher ceiling, but Justin has the higher floor. Do you understand what I mean by that? Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> I just snorted bit. on the air. Oh, my God. That's so funny. <laughs> Lindsay, when I tell you someone has a higher ceiling and another person has a higher floor, do you know what that means? Wait, I was screening a call. Say it again. When I say that Lamar Jackson has a higher ceiling, but Justin Herbert probably has a higher floor, do you understand that yes, reference? Yes, 100%. What okay. does it mean? It means that... Mahomes has the potential to be well. Lamar and Lamar and Herbert. Yeah. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. mean Mahomes. I meant to say Lamar. He has right. the potential to be like way greater. He has a higher potential at the end of the day to have a better career. But Justin Herbert, uh, his worst is going to be better than Lamar Jackson's worst. I guess. Correct. That's exactly hey, what nice it is. description, yes. Lindsay. Yes. Very good. Yes. Yes. Nailed it. So that that's what I'm saying is that at their floor, I would say Justin Herbert is the safer bet. Right, because Lamar Jackson also is a guy who runs out of the pocket a lot, and that doesn't necessarily always work for super duper long in the NFL, um, because you can't take that many hits. But because he's becoming a better passer every year, um, and he's at sixty-seven percent already, like I think he's going to get continue to ascend there. So I think his he will keep some level of athleticism because even Aaron Rodgers, who isn't much of a runner these days. I mean, for very late in his career, Aaron Rodgers was still running around a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, he still, still gets you 250, 300 yards a season running the ball. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. on, on delayed runs and, and just stuff where he'd just catch the, the defense napping. And I think Lamar can certainly still do that. 
well into his career. So I think, I, I'll tell you, George, this is a really interesting game this weekend. Chargers are four and one. The Ravens are four and one. The Chargers score 28 points per game. Ravens, 27 points per game. The total yards between them, the Ravens about 450 per game. The Chargers about 420. But it's the Ravens who give up about 20 more yards on defense. But again, if you were to look at the Giants and the Dodgers and you say these two teams are perfectly evenly matched, the Chargers and the Ravens on paper statistically are perfectly evenly matched. Yeah, I think the Chargers are going to struggle this weekend because um, they give up 5.6 yards per carry. And I know teams haven't run the ball very well on them because they've just fallen behind or whatnot. Um, or they've just gotten into these shootouts. Uh, I think Cleveland really screwed up by doing, like, trying to just put it, you know, early on in the game. They were, instead of, run, you know, they, they, they found themselves in a precarious situation where they got conservative throwing the ball, which is weird to me. They should have just ran it if they were going to be conservative throwing the ball. Um, but Dallas really took control of that game and stayed in control of that game because they were able to dominate from a run perspective. I think you got to be able to run against the Chargers. And Baltimore will be able to do that. And Lamar will have a big right. He'll part be the guy. in that. Yeah. yeah. So we can talk about that a little later because we're going to have that game in our Picks Against the Spread segment at 6.15. Uh, I didn't get to the amazing anniversary for uh, an American icon, and it wasn't John Hamm. Uh, so we'll get to that in a little <laughs> bit. But Dodgers-Braves. And how these two teams stack up. We'll do some of that on the other side. Stick around. 710 ESPN.